0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is Being the Work. I'm Ben, and I'm here with my good friend, Blakely Adams. We're starting season three. Time. We're here. Being the Work was created three years ago. You know, it's a podcast all about bringing you our journeys towards self-care, supporting each other, supporting you on your journey to self-care, trying to give just more humanity to that term we've been through a lot and we've grown through a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. And then we started planning another set of conversations to share and realized that through this process, we've, we have changed, we have grown, we have tried new things, we've quit doing things. (laughs) And so much of it is because of this process that I, at least I'm excited to reinvest in, in what we're doing here and how it's going. And and report back what what this means to us, and what being involved with it has has kind of changed for me personally.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. It's definitely like spurred on a lot more like intentional self care for mm-hmm. me. When I look back on all the things that have happened, maybe in the last three years, from the pandemic to some near death experiences with some family mm-hmm. members, with other traumatic experiences while also having these conversations and the interviews that we've done on my mind, it really has been like, just this like big opening, this vastness of understanding what compassion really is. Mm. And especially this challenge of self-compassion. I mean, it really has, I feel like it's really starting to settle in. Like
1: Mm.
0: why, what's
1: the point? (laughs)
0: What is the point of of expecting yourself to not be flawed? I had a a sort of breakthrough in my therapy the other week. We were so close to finishing that intro, but we, sorry, I was too excited to talk about the breakthrough that I've had in my therapy recently. Um, That sort of led into a conversation about the Enneagram and how I'm understanding myself and all that. I started therapy not too long ago after a, a traumatic incident with uh, my dogs, and my dogs are fine. Um, they've bounced back really well and a whole lot faster than I did. But it enforces, reinforces just this whole idea that to do our jobs, we need to be well, and we need to take care of ourselves. And it's, I don't know about you, but it's a lot easier for me to take care of myself when I know there are people out there who really care and who are behind me. So today we're going to go through just how we understand each other. We use some common language that is popular out there. Um, Enneagram, Zodiac Signs, Strength Finder, uh, Myers-Briggs, all of which could be somewhat problematic. But point is the common language and the springboard to help us discuss our lived experiences. We know what it's like to be helping professionals that always have huge caseloads and every moment of the day is, is taxed by things that need our attention from documentation and administration and, and people that need help and are suffering and how it's easy it is to kick our own needs down the road. I hope you can relate to some of the things that we're going through If you have any stories, questions, have any ideas for Blakely and I to try for self-care, we would love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us on Instagram at being the work. We're on LinkedIn at the same handle now. Uh, you can also email us being the work at gmail.com. There's a lot of professionals out there that do this work that are feeling the same ways that we are. We would love to be able to reach them. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please go out to iTunes or any listening app that you're using and leave us a positive review. It'll really help get the word out so we can reach those folks as well. Another way that you can support this podcast is at patreon.com slash being the work. We've opened up to begin to get a community together. So yeah, check us out there. Again, that's patreon.com slash being the work. You can also support this podcast by going to beingthework.com slash support. You can find that link in the show notes. We bring this work to you on our free time because we are passionate about this. It would be great to help us just pay for the platforms that we're using for this. So if you'd like to support the show, please leave us a tip. That would be amazing, amazing, amazing We care about what we're doing here, and we just want to support you in living a life that is meaningful to you and helping others find meaning for their lives as well. So, without further ado, we are so excited to bring you this conversation about the update of where we are in our lives, of helping and trying to move forward in being the work. Yeah, so, okay. I was reading through... The, the Suzanne Stabile. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm walking the dogs and I'm listening to this chapter on number nines. And I'm like, oh, I do that. Oh, I, I do that, too. Oh, I, I totally do that. Oh, my God. I remember when I did that when I was five. Like more and more, the whole chapter, I'm just sitting there going, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, ah just like huh. ding, 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 ding. Right. And I re- and then I read the f- the chapter on the fours, and I'm like, no, uh, nah, no, no, nah. no. Mm. Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah that. Oh, but that's very much a nine, and it was just like incredible, just the amount of resonance from the nine chapter versus the four chapter. Okay, but the the idea of shame from the four perspective is very much a. From the nine's perspective, it feels like it's your voice isn't asked for, Mm. so don't provide it. And so that causes the, I don't know that I can trust myself kind of feel. Mm, Yeah, And then the the four, they feel like they're completely different from Mm -hmm. everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not hidden about it. They are pursuing Mm. to be seen, and I don't do that.
1: That's an action. Like... I don't I don't know. I don't know that I'm convinced that the behavior is the answer. Like that doesn't mean that you're a four, but I think that the motivation is the is the key piece, right? It doesn't matter what you do to get there. If you're not an extrovert, but you're a four, you're gonna handle that differently than if an extroverted four. Sure. Like this process that we are on right now would indicate that you were very actively seeking for people to listen to your perspective and understand you. So there's a piece that makes sense that isn't That isn't necessarily an artistically exuberant thing, but it's still art, artistry.
0: Okay. Healthy nines, mediators. They see value and perspective of other people and can harmonize what seems irreconcilable points of view, unselfish, flexible, inclusive, seldom attach their own way of seeing or doing things, learn to make decisions based on right priority, inspiring self-actualized people. So like the the relationship with others is no longer about like it's there is a desire for comfort because that's that's the nines deadly sin or whatever. Mhm. Sloth. Um, that's their yeah, where I've been overly dependent, dull to feelings of sadness, anger. So <laughs> May I
1: I read the misidentifying fours and nines from the Enneagram Institute? Yes. Let's see what that says. Please. Some average nines think that they are fours because they have artistic talents and creative inclinations of one kind or another. As in the case of love not being the sole domain of twos, artistic capacity is not the sole province of fours. Mm -hmm. Other types can be and often are artists. Even so. The artistry of fours is much more personal and self-revealing than that of the nines. The art of nines often expresses idealized, mythological, and archetypal worlds. Mm -mm. Usually the real world glossed into something fantastic and wondrous. Nines are often gifted storytellers in which, and they all lived happily ever after, is assured. Um. There are no unhappy endings in the nines world of make-believe. By contrast, the art of fours is generally more personal and realistic. The expression of the fours and of everyone's <laughs> deep longing for love, wholeness, and meaning. Good damn it. Fours often deal in the tragic, finding redemption in self-transcendence. Nines deal in the Fuck. commonplace, finding comfort in ordinary lives in simple situations.
0: Fuck you. Okay.
1: <laughs> 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 and I didn't read... I- I was glancing at it because, of course, I was Googling it while we were talking. Mm-hmm. And I saw something about the fantastical versus the, like, idealized, or sorry, the fantastical versus the personal. hmm I was like, let me see what this is because it may be saying kind of what I'm wondering about.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: The principal reason these types may be confused is they are both withdrawn types. hmm yeah. Fours withdraw from others so that they can protect themselves mm-hmm. and give themselves time to deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Nines, on the other hand, <laughs> are withdrawn, uh-huh, are withdrawn in the sense that they remove their attention from people or situations that threaten them, disengaging themselves emotionally so that they will not be anxious or upset.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: That's tough.
0: I mean, definitely, I can see. This is where I'm, that like you're the motivation. Are definitely are the, resonating. Yeah.
1: But both do right. Yeah. Average to unhealthy nines tune out any unpleasantness by dissociating from whatever upsets them. This is why you only watch comedies. But that's in response to my job. Whereas fours do just the opposite. Right, right. That's in response to what you're actually, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this work. I'm looking at your dissertation work. I'm looking at your entire career. All of that, all of that, everything that I've ever spoken to you about and the reason that we are probably close friends that aren't just hangout friends that are actual, like, existential-level friends is because of some of that more intense stuff. You're talking about everyone's connectability. so Which is
0: funny, because I was I researching know. your stuff. You know, it's interesting that, that we're going through sort of like a check-in or re, even maybe a reintroducing ourselves to the people that are listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like, you really like the question... To our guests, give us the the bullet points of the cheat sheet of who who are you and what's your what's your personality like. So mm-hmm. Myers Briggs, which I'm not really great at, you're really good at. Obviously, the Enneagram. What's the other one?
1: We use astrology sometimes. Strengths Finder.
0: Yeah, I didn't do that one for today. But you INTP, deep thinker, complex interconnection of the world, quest for truth meticulous consideration of complexities, that... That's true. Yeah, that's part of like why, like... Okay, so like that and some of this other stuff, like the Sagittarius Capricorn stuff, I just sort of made a Mm. list of strengths. Like curious, interested, aspirational, practical, honest, deep thinking. It's like this mixture of reason and emotion to me. That's Mm -hmm. the way I'm kind of thinking about it, but... That makes sense. Like your ability to catch on to that pattern of something that I'm talking about. When I was reading the chapter on on nines, all of the behaviors did seem like a spitting image of me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I did feel like the, the motivation sort of was missing. Mm, yeah.
1: You know, that's what bothered me about that book in general. I hear Suzanne speak and she speaks to the motivation. Yeah. Primarily, she keeps going back to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: mm-hmm and then I read that book and there's so much there that is about this like almost an archetype yeah of the behavior of the person exactly some does some so does not fit me from Mm -hmm. both types that I've considered Mm -hmm. that it kind of loses me and so I just have to go back to like my awareness of my motivations my awareness of those the instinctual things right right rather than the habits
0: which I also that's part of why I don't like the Myers-Briggs is because it's yeah. it's like archetypal kind of very much discussion. And it's like here, here is your box. And I don't see it that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much like we're so complex. I don't know, we're we're dynamic, we're not building blocks, we're not Legos. Well, and
1: I'm also kind of cheating because my other dude best friend is a nine, which that seems easy to say, but he behaves as a nine much more
0: you're talking um seeks comfort avoids conflict or even like the hard truths of life maybe
1: yeah well and even the stuff of like he's a very creative person and so much of that resides in a lot of like consumption of books and movies and television and and things that are in sort of that fantastical world place with typically happy endings sure sure not the deep emotional stuff (laughs) Uh, let's see both types can be shy absent-minded confused and detached from the real world the difference is that the nines are detached both from the external world and from their emotions whereas fours withdraw from whatever has caused them pain
0: oof okay
1: nines see the world through rose-colored glasses and their view of it is comforting whereas fours see the world from a garret window as outsiders and are not comforted everyone else seems to be living a happier more normal life Contrast the oh, oh, they're using like celebrities. I don't want to do that. Oh, got it. Bunch of dudes from history, like those tell me anything about me. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Dead white men don't tell me about me. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's where you lost me. I was in, and now I'm out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, okay, well, Hmm. I guess it's not as clear to me And I can see you living in another
1: place, and I don't know. The only reason this is true is if we buy into this concept of nine set types. Right. And it seems to show up as true most of the time.
0: What seems to really resonate with me is this beauty in pain, uh, beauty in sadness, like beauty in
1: uh, just the sort of tragic well and that appreciation alone still makes me lean in the four direction because you're i mean you're anything but a pollyanna how much of this is gender socialization and how much of this is generational mm-hmm. on top of like those cultural elements mm-hmm. of you as a person
0: this is sort of it's reminding me of our our name being the work like we're trying to understand ourselves and we're trying to figure out how we can live lives that that really work well for us that are not just objectified. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be, I want to be me and I want to be appreciated for me. Absolutely. And I, I really appreciate what I do and I appreciate the people who do what I do. Of course, that we have the ability, the privilege to be helping people understand themselves and be willing to grow and do the hard things that they need to do to understand and to to change and I I just had a a session yesterday that was exquisitely painful and just enormously beautiful like there's just this precipice of that's the future this is Mm -hmm. the pain of the present right now (laughs) I am so sorry that this is the truth and that this is what you've been living with and Mm -hmm. also we've got to continue to look. And I mean, you have the option of going backwards. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's that existential red pill, blue pill thing, right? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to live in the full reality of who you are and what you need and what you love and what you value, or are you going to go backwards and continue to objectify yourself Mm -hmm. and expect yourself to just accept and be fulfilled by the things that aren't fulfilling mm-hmm. and treat you poorly and take advantage of you and flattening yourself to 2D. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. I didn't want to be there. I found myself even wanting to intellectualize to a place of just con- soothing myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I found myself doing that. And I was like, no, no, just stop. And I, and I apologized. I was like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm trying to give us an out. I don't feel like we should. Like, this is really important. And I just want you to know I'm here with you. Oh, lots Mm -hmm. of tears, lots of heaviness. And I think this is going to be very good. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very excited for this. And I'm also very sorry that I facilitated that pain but I'm not sorry that I facilitated the honesty. Ugh.
1: It was beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I right. don't know. like
1: Pain and conflict kind of fall in the same category in that way, in the way that I have to think about them. Like pain with a purpose, like, mm-hmm. there's no reason right. to be sorry for that. No Pain is part of the process. Life is suffering. We have to suffer to grow. Growing pains exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. Feel it because it deserves to be felt. The pain is a message. Right. Pain we choose has a different kind of power than pain <clears throat> that's stressed upon us. Mm-hmm. The pain of growing through our trauma can be powerful enough mm-hmm. to counteract the agony of enduring our trauma in the first place.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it really is. Well, and just simple <laughs> stu- simple ways of pushing them through the pain. That's just not as, it's not the same, but it feels similar. You know, mm-hmm. my five-year-old wants to climb trees. and She scrapes her leg. Right. I have to tell her that's. Part of being someone who climbs trees. Yeah. Wear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You not your scrapes. That's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a sort of breakthrough in my therapy the other week about this specific topic, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you if we should get into this right now, but it was really cool because my therapist like helped me sort of name different parts of, of myself and my experiences. And then I don't know why, but I named this part of me Ferdinand, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. big Michael. bull. Yeah. And I have no idea why I've never read that book, but it just popped into my head as, as it, as we were doing it. And.
1: Well, and are you partly talking about the division between yourself in like counseling spaces and in mm-hmm. personal spaces? For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't put two and two together that the passion and amount of empathy that I put toward other people and how much I care for others that I could do that for myself. Yep. I mean, it sounds incredibly simple, but it is astonishingly, astonishingly
1: oh, just. Uh, how little I see it. Mm-hmm. The most important stuff is very simple and not easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is mindfulness? We all know it. Mm, We're all supposed so to practice simple. it. Yeah, We're all so teaching simple. it, probably. So simple. And so simple. so challenging.
0: This this process with my therapist was really built on all of the mindfulness training I did for myself rather than trying to learn it to teach it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just sat with it and and I saw... I saw the, the thousands like, okay, so Ferdinand was looking like a bull in my mind, not me, but I knew him as like very recognizable, mm. sort of like a dream. Like we were doing mindfulness, we were doing some EMDR and I saw him as a very recognizable person, but I didn't know exactly who he was. Mm. And there was me, like we were just sitting with each other. And then it was just like this aha connection, like, holy shit, that's me. Oh, my God. He's sitting with me like I sit with others. This immense just empathy, unconditional regard and openness and and genuineness. Like, you are allowed here. And I go, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, (laughs) holy shit.
1: You know what I do sometimes when I'm cruising around? I don't like to take the highways all the time. And so on my GPS, I'll turn the avoid highways settings on. Sure. And then I'm going somewhere and I'm like, why does it take 45 minutes to go right over there? And then if I just flip that setting, what was 45 minutes turns out to be like 10 <laughs> because I don't have to go from point A and B, which as the crow mm-hmm. flies are a mile apart, and go 15 miles around on this back road. Yeah. You've been back roading mm-hmm. your whole life. Yeah. On just how you like internally mm-hmm. support yourself. Yeah. Shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: And man, this never stops. No. And, and it's right in this space. It's you and me. And the reason that I want to keep pushing this out and want to keep spreading it is I'm convinced it's not just you and me. Hell it's no. This parallel process of how we keep growing <laughs> and finding. Right. The, the concentric like, <laughs> circles of like who we are and how we can be and what's inside of us. And that thing that they taught us about like we only use like 10% of our brains back in the 90s.
0: Sure, sure. Like,
1: this is what they meant. You drew a literal line where there wasn't one before. And those things were so close together, they just didn't have a connecting point.
0: But that's the funny part, right? It had to be facilitated. I yeah. didn't actually draw it. There right. was a part of me that naturally in that moment, Because the setting was correct, the things were set to give this, it naturally emerged. It was not something that I chose to draw because it wasn't even in my consciousness. I didn't even know. And that's the piece is like, okay, like we are trained to do all this stuff so meticulously and expertly and all of this. Mm -hmm. We forget often just the power of the unknown. Mm. So I don't know. I think that is the essence of being the work. Yeah. We have to slow down. We have to take care of ourselves and take care of each other and look out for one another.
1: Well, and being the work may be the ambitious, like the ultimate self-actualization point, because as we go through it, it's continual. It's not linear, but it is a a process of becoming. It's becoming a part of the, the discipline required to care for and appreciate and nurture myself.
0: And no one else
1: will do it. And no one else gives a shit. No. To be honest.
0: Absolutely. And this is one of
1: those things that, this is the point that, again, this is how we're probably different in the room, is I'll apologize for saying it, but the fact of the matter is no one else gives a shit. No one Mm -hmm. else cares as much as you do about what's happening inside of you. Right. They can't because they have their own.
0: (laughs) It's just impossible.
1: It's impossible. It's just not possible. No one else can care as much about all of these internal processes as you because they don't even know they exist. You mm-hmm. barely know they exist. You're talking mm-hmm. about not having this very like close Obvious. together point of connecting that Obvious. you couldn't create for yourself. It yeah, was,
0: just you felt was, this point
1: of facilitation.
0: Yeah, back to back with Wait. this this part of me,
1: and I, I still wasn't... have to continually point out that Ben does not like for me to say what you need resides within you. Ben <sighs> wants the reaching out, and I, I and I, I don't like. Requiring other people <laughs> uh, to right. be part of my process. <laughs> and this is just what I'm talking about. Our parallel processes have right. these like two sided coins and we come at things from opposite directions and then we end up in the same fucking place. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone else involved, even if I need it. And that's what's hard for me. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to like journey within alone, even when that's what's required.
0: Why do you think that is? Because I mean, for me, I have felt alone. A lot. That's an incredibly familiar thing to feel alone.
1: And me too. And that's why it's hard for me to understand the, but you're the only one that you know you can trust with this stuff.
0: I'm the only one that I know I can trust, but I long to not be the only
1: one. And that was an eight statement I just made. I'm realizing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: No. If you've been alone so much, you're the only one you can trust.
0: Right. Right,
1: and and I don't necessarily. Mean I don't in know which I trust one is a it. Few people, but. which
0: one is it? Sagittarius or Capricorn? That is uh, high standard, stubborn, aloof, and put Capricorn. walls. Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, your walls are like. It, it's this perfect happening of me. I don't know why exactly, but wanting to get over through under your walls that kind of got us into this dance of Are we going to be friends? Right. <laughs> Because right. you don't trust people very easy, and uh-uh. you you judge quickly. <laughs> and like, I got to figure out if this person's going to be consistent and always looking for inconsistent mm-hmm. and pattern finding and seeing Constant. how much of the complexity really is this. Is this consistent? And that INTP quest for truth, right? And then when you find it, you stick to it, like. Ha. Ha, better, there it is. Yes, like you better f- fucking stay with that or else kind of thing. You like oh, it said uh demands precision.
1: <laughs> mm. Mhm. And I'm like oh, I just wanna, into a semantics just argument with me. Ben. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> How many <laughs> times have my like marital arguments landed on that's not the one word I mm-hmm. used. Right. I used this mm-hmm. other word which has a different meaning. Right. And I'm feeling irritated just thinking mm-hmm. about it right now because I choose my words on purpose.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> and you you choose them quickly too, which is which is to. really mind-boggling to me. For you, it's like you go through that process in 0.3 seconds and know what you're going to say.
1: It's it's a um it's a reverse process because I think I became aware that my ways of expressing myself needed to be precise in order for people to hear Sure, me. sure. because mm-hmm. I was a forceful kind of child. I had big opinions and big ideas and big mm-hmm. questions, huge questions. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of weird kickback for it. What felt weird to me as a child, I was also growing into a reader and, and starting to learn the nuances between some different words. And so I think I put some of that together that If I craft my messaging so that it's very particular to what I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't be misunderstood. If I at least can't be misunderstood, then that will diffuse so much conflict. That at least I can control. (laughs) That's what's within my control is what I actually say. Because I'm probably going to still say.
0: Right, right. I'm I'm having a hard time finding the connections of uh, for this what the whatever cusp Sagittarius Capricorn and INTP and maybe this isn't even the point maybe this is it's just okay. me like maybe these maybe are parts of me. me wanting to get intellectual here but what's the crossover between that and eights I mean eights are in your face they're passionate they want to drive forward they don't trust very easily.
1: You know, I think the simplest way I could describe it, if I sit as an eight, I feel that Sagittarius is in, is a seven mm. and Capricorn is a nine. Interesting. I feel like there's a little bit more of the responsible stuff that lands with Capricorn, like a little bit more rigidity probably than the the, the relaxed part of nines. But there's just a slower pace of Capricorn. I think of taking things in and thinking things through and mm-hmm. being pretty particular about sure. proceeding through things. Where and Sagittarius Sagittarius is, more... is fiery, like some of the intensity I have definitely yeah. lands there. But there's just so much. There's more enthusiasm and energy mm-hmm. there,
0: and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Flexibility, yeah. aspiration.
1: Like the uh, idealist, what could be like that yeah. future oriented mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think it's borrowing. I right. think that sure. that's where the eight made sense to me cause, because I I don't know if, if we're assuming that all this is true. The yeah. zodiac part made a lot of sense to me when I realized I was in between these two pieces. And then I feel like the eight locks into that just in a nice way of how it feels like I'm divided in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I'm like afraid <laughs> I'm a six. And I think it's because it's actually like the worst case scenario to me
0: a six is the worst case scenario
1: i don't know if i would cringe more at being a one or a six a six i think and it's because of because of what eights hate which is that like the sniveling scared person vulnerability mm-hmm. get it together nervous spell <laughs> why are you showing that to everyone put it away put away anyway I don't know. Maybe this is just part of my journey. I feel like I'm divided into two different parts. And putting those together is what I've been working at through this time that we've been talking about this. Some of it has just happened because I've changed the elements of my life. And some yeah. of it has been so much on purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes a lot of sense to me because we we started this knowing that we do this work and it's really easy like we we are professional helpers it's really easy to get lost in helping other people it's really easy because the system the way that the system is is working and created it's about productivity it's about behavior it's and it's about getting things done it's not about relationship it's not it doesn't care about how well you are it's how much you do it's not about the quality of the work it's about how much of the work you get done And the only work that really matters in that point of view is money and what's related to money, documentation. It's Mm -hmm. not about did somebody really qualitatively find courage to get through a very hard, difficult time? And now they don't have to come see me nearly as much because they finally made that connection of what was holding them back. No, it doesn't, they don't like the system doesn't care. And so we get taken advantage of, we get objectified. And because of that, our relationships with each other are not great most of the time. Mm -mm. And so, supporting one another and being with one another and, um, you know, being for ourselves rather than for our clients or for the system or anything like that, it's just not, it's not made for that. And so, we have to turn toward ourselves and turn toward each other and be the work. We got to do our own work. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is that's what this is
1: all about. Well, and it's so strange to look at not objectively because now I know so much, but to look back at where you start and then where you end up, there's like a 10 year span in there that I just dove into work. Mm-hmm. I I was right. a student from age five to age twenty five. Mm-hmm. So I spent 20 years collecting Book knowledge and developing into being an adult on some level, and never fucking feeling like I'm an adult. Let's be very clear. I never, never feel like a grown up. No, and it's like who handed then me this I responsibility to work? But I was actually becoming more of a grown up while I'm diving into all of this work. I threw all of what I had into it. I've spent all of my time learning and growing and anticipating how i could apply this i remember being an undergrad and being you know having that grooming to go on to grad school immediately and saying to my professor like i don't know enough about existing as a person to -hmm. go and research people Mm -hmm. i have to go be a person for a while and figure it out and i still am not sure that i ever did that Mm. because I decided to go and get my degree in social work. I took a year of doing some social work, learning Mm -hmm. that social work is more what fit me. I went and got that degree. And then I started working in child welfare and it just zoomed, like it takes off. And you slowly start chipping away because you're inundated with decision-making and inundated with responsibility, that you slowly start chipping away at what feels right in -hmm. your gut to do what you know you have to do in the paperwork and in the courtroom and in the hospital and in people's scary houses, <laughs> I very quickly became more concerned with getting lice than with holding to my comfort zone. Like, I was already out of my comfort zone, so that's just on the garbage pile.
0: And but where to renegotiating my
1: comfort? Absolutely. Where to park, how late I could have a meeting, thinking about when time changes so that it's so dark at 4 o'clock that I can't go do home visits. So I need to do them earlier in the Mm -hmm. day. But people don't get home until the (laughs) evening time. So I am going in the dark. So I'm also not allowed to wear jeans. I'm also Next
0: week, the sun is setting uh, 30 minutes earlier. So we need to make sure that we
1: get done at a certain time. The ridiculous things. That yeah. just to stay afloat, start to take the forefront of decision-making and take the forefront of my like actual thought processes. Yeah. There's so much we have to throw to the wayside and throw in the background and say, I'll deal with it later. It catches up. And it did catch up. I got further and further away from myself so that I really started to question, do I know her? Right. There's some shit I used to know about her that I haven't seen evidence of in several years. And I thought that's what I knew, what I thought I knew already. It's everyone else I needed to learn. Exactly. But it all just keeps spiraling in on itself. And I have this strong belief in Mm -hmm. the ways that things turn over in the Mm -hmm. hourglass, in the turning of the wheel of time, in the (laughs) arroboros.
0: Arroboros. Arroboros. Which
1: every time I can't say, I still appreciate the imagery of. Yes. And that was the thing that was Mm -hmm. right there for me that I also couldn't see. I believe it. I know it. And I still can't see it either.
0: I think that's the a huge thing that I've I've maybe come to, like a big stepping stone or a big developmental milestone is maybe five, seven years ago, I started to realize how much I didn't know. Ugh, I think maybe I just started oh. to slow down and, and look around me and go, all of the energy you're expending to desperately get all of the information, this is a never-ending. You will never... Get there, and it just started to like naturally be unmotivational. I, re- I just yeah. realized, oh, you just I gotta slow down. And I looked around, and I'm like, you don't really like yourself. Mm. Ouch! That was a huge thing of like, you think you need to be an expert to like yourself because everybody else has shown you and told you you're not really that valuable unless you know a lot or you have that license, or you can work with that hard client, or whatever, unless you have really good clinical feedback to give in, in group supervision. I started to realize, maybe unintentional, but you have been an asshole. Mm-hmm. You've objectified yourself and everyone else along the way, mm-hmm. and this is exactly what you don't want to do, mm-hmm. and it's time to slow down. Yeah. Yeah.